An old friend of the programme contacted us recently, the BBC's former international development correspondent, Mark Doyle, who spent many years reporting from Africa, and he left the corporation last year. But far from hanging up his boots and enjoying some well-deserved rest, he's branched out on his own and still travels to work in some of the world's most challenging places. That includes training journalists in Africa's newest nation, South Sudan. Not known for its press freedom, the country's also been embroiled in conflict for the last two years. But Mark went there with a story of hope. Jacob Deng was grinning broadly as the motorbike taxi he was riding on turned off the rough road in South Sudan and on to an even rougher bush pathway. Jacob and I, I was on another two-wheeled taxi, were looking for cows. We were looking into the story that thousands of cattle were being moved from a flooded part of the country to safer pasture land. I was working with Jacob on this tale, trying to bring it alive for the local radio station. And soon, our search for cows was rewarded. The motorbike taxis stopped in a broad, sunlit clearing. In front of us, a herd of long-horned cattle stood or sat contentedly, chewing grass. South Sudan has always been a very poor country. The divide-and-rule tactics of the 19th-century British, later copied enthusiastically by local rulers, did nothing to help. Full independence came for South Sudan just a few years ago. But the divided ethnic groups, or at least the largest ones, the Dinka and the Nuer, who had both fought to escape rule from Khartoum, then, almost predictably, started fighting each other in a new civil war. The worst of that war is now over, but the ethnic fighting made the country even poorer. The country's cattle, however, are still a magnificent sight. There are millions and millions of them. A good 500 or so were right there in front of us. Since my role was to hone Jacob's radio reporting skills, we set about recording the sights and the sounds. There was the big bull with a huge bell round his neck. It was more like a barrel, really with a great long chime hanging inside it. The metallic ring it made as the bull moved around could be heard far away. We never want to lose our bull, said the chief herdsman, rather unnecessarily. So we made the bell big. Then there were the trumpets made from cow horns and the surprisingly loud sound of the assembled cows mooing. And, of course, there were the stories of the herders themselves. Jacob recorded it all to create a colourful report. Back at the radio station, I was working with half a dozen reporters. At the end of one session, I invited them to ask any question they wanted. The first one was, Mark, why did you come here? I replied that I was there in that very remote rural area because an independent radio training development group was paying me to be there. But I also told them a story about how some African journalists had helped change the history of their nations. It's a story I first saw for myself nearly 20 years ago, and I've seen it repeated again and again. Free journalism is in its infancy in South Sudan, as are democracy and accountability. But that's not the case in some other African states where journalists have successfully changed their worlds for the better. Back in the year 2000, I told the reporters at the South Sudanese radio station, I covered an election in the West African state of Senegal. The ruling political party had been in power there for 40 years by that time. 
the opposition party was fairly new. But even newer was a group of independent local radio stations which got together to cover the vote. The reporters went to every polling station across the land. They observed the vote and the count, and they read out the local results live for everyone to hear. This had never been done before, and the effect was electrifying. It was impossible for the authorities or the opposition party to cheat without everyone knowing what was going on. And yes, an opposition leader won that election in Senegal in 2000 for the first time ever. These journalists had helped change their country's history. Similar things have happened since then in other African states. I've seen the media ensure fair elections in Ghana, for example, and in Sierra Leone. The South Sudanese reporters were sceptical when I told this story. They wouldn't let us do that here, they insisted. Well, I replied, that's what they used to say in Senegal and Ghana 30 years ago. And that's the real reason why I was there in that remote radio station in South Sudan talking to Jacob Deng and his colleagues. Yes, I was being paid. But I also know that encouraging good reporting can encourage other good things, like democracy. And history tells us that it's very likely that one day journalists in Africa's youngest nation, South Sudan, will also play a positive role. Mark Doyle from South Sudan with a story of when journalists are the good guys. Yes, it can be true. I'll be back next Thursday morning with more good guys and gals, of course. Goodbye. <laughs>